Welcome. My name is Quinn Taylor, and I work for the Renal Network. Our job at the Renal Network is to assist dialysis facilities in giving patient-centered care. I fit into the Renal Network as a patient liaison. Some may say this was a job that was tailor-made for me. I was on dialysis for close to six years. In 2015, I received a life-saving kidney transplant. I've spent many years traveling and sharing my story to spread the message about chronic kidney disease. At the network, we decided what better way to share the stories of real people in the renal world than through a podcast. Kidney Patient Views, Real Stories from Real People, was born. Our goal is to reach others, patients, and beyond, and to educate, empower, and inspire those who listen to them. So today we have Dr. Anu Wadwa and Michael Turner. Michael Turner is an integral part of our network. He's a volunteer who has been a part, volunteering with the network for many, many years. He's a part of our patient advisory council our facility peer representative program, and he is also the patient representative on our board of directors. We have Dr. Nuwadwa, who is a part of our patient advisory council and medical review board, and together they've collaborated to begin a support group at Loyola University for renal patients, dialysis patients specifically, and we are so so honored to have them both. Thank you guys for joining our call. Looking forward to our conversation, Quinetta. So today we have Dr. Watwa and Michael on the line to have a discussion about support groups. Um, I first want to ask Dr. Watwa a question. As a nephrologist, um, well, let me, before I get into that, Dr. Wadwin and Michael met at a, a patient meeting. They collaborated to start a support group at Loyola Medical Center, and we think that's fantastic. Um, I'm sure your patients are thrilled that you, as the nephrologist, have your hand in the support group. So, Dr. Wadwin, I would like to ask you, as a nephrologist, what did you see that made you want to be a part of developing a support group for patients? Excellent question, Canada. So, you know, kidney disease um, can be very daunting, and the process of learning about treatment options can be just as challenging because it brings significant change in uh, a person's lifestyle, how much time they would have to devote to their care. And time and again, when we had these conversations with the patients, I would always uh, encourage them to bring their family members uh, so that we could discuss all these options as a team. They would go for education classes. But somewhere I felt like, you know, to get that connection in some patients where they get most comfort and they can talk about their kidney disease and really feel like what they're hearing from a perspective of a doctor or a team of people who are taking care of them. The best thing that I felt uh, that put patients at ease was when I asked them, would you like to talk to some other patients 
who may have gone through this similar process. And time and again, you know, I saw that that was really the best way to approach it uh, for several of the patients along the way. And when I met Michael, he was such a great resource in terms of positive thinker, uh, really willing to, uh, you know, share his experiences in a in a very um, very open manner, and you know, touch the lives of many people. The very first time I remember meeting him at one of the network meetings, and he talked about his own uh, experience with kidney disease. And it seemed like, you know, this is the kind of person, if we can put him in touch with so many other people, it's it's really going to make a good impact in their life in terms of how they're going to transition through this difficult stage of their life. So, you know, taking care of patients over the years, realizing while I can, as a physician or our staff, can sit down and have multiple discussions, unless patients really see the other side of the story, because they would say, you know, I'm the one sitting here. It's hard for anyone to understand, you know, what I'm going through. So that part was very, very touching. And to be able to put them in touch with other people who have been through the same experience and to be able to talk to them in an informal setting, that was really, you know, the motivation. And I believe, you know, when I met Michael, I felt like, you know, that that was the perfect thing that could have happened uh, for for the support group to really start off in a wonderful way. And that's fantastic. Um it's so great that you saw so much in him that made you want to establish that patient after bridge of communication to help your patients. I think that's so phenomenal. So, Mike, Michael, I'd like to ask you a question. You and Dr. Watkins came up with the idea and wanted to start up the support group. Can you tell me kind of what it looked like? Well. In the beginning, it was amazing. And first of all, I was honored that she asked me to be part of that because I always wanted to see or be part of a support group, especially because that was something that kidney patients needed as far as to talk about what they're going through, how they're feeling, which is a big part of going through the kidney world, especially when you first hear that you are going to renal failure. It's a big blow, and it's hard to understand, you know, that you know, and, and the graphics, because basically it's all coming at you at one time, and it's like a big blow, and you're shocked by it. But I uh, was amazed when we did the first one, and the, the group was so large. I was expecting that at all. I was expecting like you know, ten to twenty people. And it wound up being over 50 people. And I was just like amazed. And uh, the people that came out to listen and to share. And the most important part is that they share their story once I got up to introduce myself and who I am and what brought me into the kidney world. You know, and through that as well as the other different uh, effects that I have had as far as. Uh, diseases that came upon me and everybody was amazed 
and we just talk. And and that's basically what it is. We we, we talk, we share. Some vented, which was good, you know, because sometimes you need to vent to get out the upsetness or the anger or the madness that you're going through and and, and accept it and, and handle it and embrace it. And I agree, a support group is so important that way because it does give people the opportunity to talk about things that they normally don't talk about because they feel like no one understands. Um, when you get in a group of patients, and these are people you know can empathize with you because they, they sat in that chair. It gives them an opportunity to kind of let their hair down, if you will, and just get real for a moment and just get honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just kind of share the things that they don't, things they might not even know is heavy upon them, but things yes. that they just been carrying and feeling and they walk around not only feeling lighter because they shared that but um that's i feel where patient empowerment begins because now they feel stronger they feel more they feel more support and they feel like maybe they can go a little bit further definitely kudos for all you do and um just for, for being that person for patients. I asked both of you, and you can take turns answering, what do you think has been the most gratifying part of seeing this support group come together, and how do you plan to keep it moving forward? Because you guys have had some good success. Um, Mikey said the first meeting, you had over 50 people. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Um, and I'm sure that that encourages encourages you to keep going. But what is it within yourself, you and Dr. Wadwa, that encourages you to keep it moving forward? And you know, what do you have planned for the future of um, the support group? Uh, well, my point is, as long as we keep the topics and something that the patients want to know about and hear about. And, you know, and during the classes, we also, we also pass around, uh, I also pass around a paper and ask them for ideas or topics that they want to hear about or they want information about, because that keeps us going. And as well as making sure that there is time to let people share this story, as well as let them time to experience venting or getting out whatever they need to talk about. That's the key, you know, because when you just have and have somebody speak and then end it, it's like, okay, I'm here to listen to somebody to talk to me, but at the same time, I can do that at the clinic. But when we get to the point that it's time for one-on-one -on -one patients as well, and the doctors there or whoever the guest speaker, they can answer questions and share their knowledge, and then from a patient point of view, I can just share mine and, and, and let them know I've been there where you was at. I experienced what you experienced. And for those that say, well, I didn't go through none of that, I'm looking at them like, yeah, you did. We all did. That's the process that we go through is why me? If you actually, you actually, even if you just didn't do all of them, if you did some, you did, you're going to definitely do one or two of them. And you're going to be angry and you're going to ask why me. 
or why did I do to, to, to get this? You know, you ask those questions, and then you get standoffish, and then you get moody, and then you don't want to talk. You go through one or all of these things, and I had to break down to some that, yes, it's okay. I said, but the biggest thing is do not shut people away and do not feel that your life is over because you are doing this. Again, look at Michael's motivation to touch other people's lives. His motivation is contagious. And to me, what really keeps me going to keep this support group going is almost invariably every time we have met with you know with something that they have learned during the meeting or in their discussion part which is the key which is the one that michael really facilitates you know he has touched their lives one way or the other there are so many stories that michael can himself share or i have seen over and over again that how it has maybe helped transition uh, somebody more smoothly into understanding and accepting the dialysis. It has even touched the lives of some people who had been on dialysis, young patients for like decades on dialysis. After coming to the meeting, after listening to everybody, they decided that, you know, what am I doing with my life? I should get on the transplant list and they have successfully gotten transplants. So it's you know, almost every single time when you see a patient's life being touched and when you have someone like Michael who's so motivated to do that, you know, I think it just seems so meaningful to keep on going and having these meetings. That's that's what really motivates me. It's Michael touching the lives of the patients and hoping even if one patient, you know, moves the, the transition um, then our meeting was worth it. And that shows you the power of peer mentoring and being able to just talk to someone who's been through what you've been through. Um, the fact that he's had such a great impact on these patients is so important. And I applaud you, Michael, for taking the time to really invest in these patients. It's just invaluable. So if someone is interested in joining or attending one of your support groups, Dr. Wadwell, how would they be able to do so? So the best way, we do have an email and we have a virtual phone number. Since we don't have an office where someone uh, would be able to sit down and answer the phone calls, it does go straight into the voicemail. Or if someone emails us at chicagokidneygroup at gmail.com, then we add them to the list of recipients who get the flyer that we try to send out about a month before we meet. Um, phone calls can sometimes be a little challenging to return everybody's calls, so we prefer email as the best way to communicate. But we have uh, certainly responded to uh, patients who have called in looking for help and uh, trying to connect them also. That's wonderful. And Michael, how often are the meetings for those who may want to attend? Well, we usually have them every three to four months. And right now, I think our next one will be about around March. Okay. And uh, we 
like I say, uh, me and Dr. Wally, we'll start emailing each other and say, I think it's about time, or she say, it's just a good time, and I'm like, yes, we can do that, you know, and we just go through the motions of, she sends me the link of the flyer, then I print them out, and I just start passing them around to my unit, and late the last one, I went over to uh, different buildings and passed them around as well. All right, so that's that mobilization that we like to see. So, um, I personally want to thank you, Dr. Wadwa and Michael, for taking time out of your day to record this. I am so grateful and humbled. Um, I also want to thank you for um, what you are giving to the renal community um, as far as the support groups and reaching out to the patients. Um, it, it's such a a phenomenal thing, and I know as a, a patient, I speak on other on behalf of other patients when I say thank you for caring and thank you for being a um, a solid support for those who might not have support anywhere else. Thank you for organizing this and getting our voice to so many people out there. We appreciate it. Yes, we do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Quinn. I would like to extend a personal thank you to every person who listened to and enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to us. We are the Renal Network, ESRD10, contracted for the great state of Illinois. You can find us on the web at www.renal.org the renal network.org if you have any ideas for future podcasts or would like to participate in a podcast you can reach us at 317-257-8265 until we meet again be encouraged and reach for every field of aligning bye-bye